podcast. My name is Chase. Today I'm joined by Topher, Sreyas, and Jake. Sam couldn't make it today. And uh, today we're going to be talking about college basketball, but more importantly, the college football schedule that just came out, as well as maybe a little bit about the college football game that we've all been waiting for. Uh, if you haven't already requested the day off, please make sure that you do so. Um, because if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably excited about the game. But before we get started, um, as always, this episode is brought to you by studentsections.com, the official number one resource for student sections and the place where we got the uh, the SCO hat that we've got on. You might have seen it on our Twitter. Uh, I know people have already bought it, but if you go ahead and go to the website studentsections.com and use the promo code FFPOD, you get 15% off your, your whole order. So uh, we love the hat. We've been wearing them around. Uh, I think it's really cool. I don't know. And uh, maybe, you know, if we if we see at the spring game wearing one, uh, Topher will give you a personal high five potentially. But with that being said, uh, the big news on the football front is, you know, it's been kind of quiet otherwise, but the big news on the football front is the schedule coming out um, officially official. And, you know, we're going to talk about the schedule throughout the throughout the offseason because, you know, frankly, it's it's a content machine. But, uh, you know, first first reactions, what is everyone's most exciting game that you see there? Um, you know, I, I, I think there's a couple that could, could be number one for sure. Before we get into that, can we just give high level thoughts on the schedule? Sreya, I, mean, I want to hear, hear your thoughts just overall. I'm terrified, but, <laughs> oh, but we, we talked, so we talked about this with just Chase and I on the last, on the last pod. I am t- terrified of North Dakota state. Absolutely terrified. I don't care how talented you are. Like they beat top 25 ranked teams. I mean, when you look at the cream of the crop of FCS versus even the top 25 of FBS, sometimes last year, uh, Bill Connolly puts together like a list of the top teams from every division. And he actually had South Dakota state in the top 25 overall, like alongside FBS teams that were top 25 teams that were very good top 25 teams like Arizona. So starting off with North Dakota State, please, no one, no one, if anyone from the football program happens to be listening to this, please don't look past North Dakota State. That is, first of all, terrible scheduling. I know that was done long ago, but my goodness, you are putting yourself in such a no-win situation by playing such a good pro, like year in, year out, such a good program. They were on a multi-year winning streak against FBS teams until I think actually, funny enough, Arizona beat them a couple of years ago, just mentioning Arizona. So, Sirius, do you think the fact that, that it's week one, do you think it'll give us a, a better shot to prepare for them mentally and not overlook them? Or do you think because Nebraska's right after that it's big-time trap game? I think it's I think it's, it's technically like a week zero game because it's in August, right? It's right at the end of August. Um, I, I think it's it's terrible scheduling. That that scare that just game scares me. I, I'll be there and I'll be like biting my fingernails the whole time, you know, and, unless they just come out and, and stop not. them. Yeah, and, and so, really quickly, I just want to jump in, Strays. That that is a week zero game because we got two bye weeks this year. Um, but more importantly. That is a game where after what happened at the end of last season, where we lost all those games in a row and the team was really, you know, people were calling them frauds. And, you know, we've talked talked to death about how how much how improved that team was. Right. But in my opinion, that is a that is a must have win for the program. I think you know, I don't want to be overly dramatic, but I think if we lose that game, it is going to be the end of the world for the confidence of the team. I think it's going to kill us in recruiting because prime's going to lose that. You know, everyone was like, you know, it was the first season. He made some improvements. You know, the, the truck's going to keep rolling. If we lose that game, it is, I, I I'm terrified that the wheels are going to fall off. And I know that that game was scheduled. What when Mike McIntyre was the head coach, but what a horrible, horrible, horrible thing to schedule. This is worse than going to Hawaii in week zero, in my opinion. Like this is, if, if you guys remember that game, I think that was 2015. We lost. PTSD. Don't remind me. But I mean, oh my God, what a horrible game to schedule. And Jake, I think you have a good point. That game at Nebraska, you know, the, the coaching staff's trying to kind of get into that, that rivalry thing. I know Rick George is really good about pushing it on the team, but you we know cannot. they're not going to be looking. They're not going to be overlooking CSU this year after all the banter. So I mean, oh my god, 
Imagine so, I'm just going to say this one time and I'll never, ever say it again on the, on the pod. And I will not say it in my <laughs> predictions, but if we went zero win three, the football team might disband. Like that would be the <laughs> end of the world. If we lost North Dakota state, Nebraska, and then Baylor, Baylor is like a significant portion of this fan base hates Baylor. And we can get there because by the way, scheduling homecoming in September. Like, I, I mean, like, Absolute Looney Tunes. I don't get it. I hate that game as a, as the homecoming game. I do think Baylor's on going to be down this year. I do, but um, wow. I I just like no. Why not? Why can't we just schedule a cupcake team? Right. Last year we we played all FBS teams. Why can't we just play Idaho or or Northern Colorado or you know not to not to name any. <laughs> I just Listen, oh my god. The Bears are bad. The Bears are bad. We know. We know what it is. Uh. I, I think you guys are like North Dakota State is a good team. Um, they've been historically a good team. They're, they've had a downward slide in the FCS these last couple of years, right? Um, South Dakota State's now the top dog. Um, the biggest difference is, from FCS to FBS is not the talent, but the depth. And Prime has the depth now. Um, so we, we will for, see. Yeah, we will does that see. matter for a week zero game, though, where everyone's healthy yes. in theory? Yes. Right. Or I think I think I'm being overly paranoid. I am being overly paranoid. Like it's I I have confidence. I think it's going to be a good game, but I I have confidence that with what we've gotten in transfer portal, we should start one and up. Now I'll tell you what. Last the last pod episode, we specifically talked about how much empirically the team improved from year over year from the year where we fired Carl Durrell to last year, right? The proof is in the pudding. They improved significantly. And the schedule on the whole is much weaker than what was last year rated by uh, college football references, the 10th toughest schedule in the entire country. So when you look at the big picture of it, and then you look at specifically the where the way that they improved their biggest holes, obviously offensive line. The offensive line last year was so futile that it thwarted any ability to do anything on offense. Like you could have put the best offensive coordinator, which frankly, Sean Lewis may have been an amazing offensive coordinator, but you're just not going to stand a chance when you're going one Mississippi two, and Shadur is getting hit every single time. Right. So from that standpoint, overall, looking at the schedule, it's definitely more manageable than what we had to deal with. It's just the fear factor of starting off with, such a tough, like historically tough FCS team. And then at Nebraska, they're going to be coming, right? They're going to be coming for blood. At CSU, they're going to be coming for blood. Although that could end up being kind of a CU home game. We'll see how it turns out. Um, but the good thing is, next year, the first year of the of the, the real playoff, so to speak, you start off 0-3, you can just kind of forget it. And keep moving on because all that matters is how you're playing in conference. So it's going to be three talk it is gonna be is too much. <laughs> and I know you guys don't mean it. Those aren't predictions, but it is definitely worth throwing out. <laughs> so it could happen. But looking at the schedule holistically, I think there's a real shot we could start six and zero. Oh. I'm going to be the optimist here. Once we flip over to the basketball segment, that'll flip. But um, who the hell are I, you? <laughs> I, I uh, think there's a shot we start out six and zero. Oh. I think there's a good shot we start out five and one. Jake moves now, back to Denver, and all of a sudden, Jake moves back to Denver, and all of a sudden, that Rocky Mountain, Mountain Water has him feeling optimistic. Rocky, Rocky Mountain, Mountain High, baby. Nebraska Rocky Mountain High. What? <laughs> I think what it is is just. But I mean, am I wrong though? I think there's a decent chance we start yeah, there six is. and zero. You know, Absolutely. I think yes. the beginning of the schedule is the easiest part of it, and I I'm honestly pretty happy where our buys are landing in this schedule. You start off, you know, those six games are all winnable, and then you can prep for those big time Kansas State and Arizona games right after your first bye week. I think I'd love a buy after the Texas Tech game, so it goes Kansas State, Arizona, Cincinnati, then Texas Tech. I think we should handle Cincinnati, hopefully, knock on wood. You know, we're Buffs fans. Um, but then I, I love the double bye because that last stretch of the schedule is brutal. Texas Tech, who's no cupcake at all. Texas Tech is, is historically really great. Um, Utah, Kansas, Oklahoma. That is going to be a rough, rough stretch. And who knows? Like, one of those last few games, we might be playing for the Big 12 championship if, you know, everything goes well. <laughs> Um, it would be wild if 
that Kansas game that's going to be played at Arrowhead carries those kind of implications just because I want to go to that game. I know. I, I feel like I've been programmed as a, as a Broncos fan. I know, I know uh, half of you guys aren't Broncos fans, but like as a lifelong Broncos fan, I've been programmed to be like Arrowhead, terrible place of like house of horrors. And now, you know, my college team, lifelong college team going to play possibly a ranked matchup there. Oh my goodness. That is, that's exciting. See, there's so much potential. There's a lot of potential for this to just be an amazing season. And the talent is is clearly up. And I think Jake is – he's not wrong. I think in my case, I'll just speak for myself, I'm just so beaten down and terrified as a, as a battered and bruised CU fan to think nothing but the worst, you know. But it is there. It, it has the potential to be a really fun season. It's a And it's a good point because you have – by the way, Arizona is going to be down this year. Jed Fish is gone. They have to, I mean, there was something really magical happening there. And then, I mean, sucks to be Arizona, but based off how they, awful they kept fans their were, players, though. They're not I super uh, bad. No, I'm, I'm calling it now. They're down. They're going to be down. Combo. I just don't believe it. I don't know. I, I, I will be afraid of Arizona if Khalil Tate comes back. And <laughs> otherwise, I'm just not afraid. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I think Colorado's going to be a lot better this year. And, you know, we, for the segment, you know, I'll I'll go first as far as the the game I'm most excited about. I think there's a really uh, this is a great season. I I don't even live in Colorado. I renewed my season tickets. Sorry to everyone who's on the waiting list who can't get tickets. I'm going to keep renewing them. Um, but I mean, so many exciting, unique games. I don't even know if Cincinnati's ever come to to Boulder. Um, so as far as that goes, a lot of intrigue. I think the Arrowhead game is really interesting for me. Most exciting game on this schedule, and keep in mind, every year before now, it would have been Nebraska, right? And Nebraska is definitely not the most exciting game, in my opinion, this year. I think it's Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma State is always a very good team. I don't think they're ever championship-level team, but I think they're always a very good team. I think they're going to be competing for the Big 12 this year. Um, you know, I haven't even looked at the betting lines, but my guess would be that they're they're probably either favorites or, or Utah's favorite, and you know, something like that, but... I want that to become a rivalry game. It's going to be the Friday rematch. It's going to, you know, let's not talk about the Alamo Bowl. Bowl. (laughs) Yeah. Let's let's please never talk about that Alamo Bowl ever again. (laughs) But I think that's a really, really compelling game. I just hope that we are as good as we think we are going to be. So that that game is as as meaningful as we think, because frankly, that that could be a play-in game for the big 12 championship, which, you know, essentially should this year be a playing game for the, for the playoff. Um, the, the championship game being the plan for the playoff, but um, that that's my take. Uh, you know, I don't know who wants to go next. I can go. One thing that I want to point out too, is our home schedule this year spans all the way from the end of August, all the way until the end of November. So the season is going to feel a lot less compact than it did last year. Cause last year it just felt like you close your eyes and it was over because we, we, what was it? The last two weeks we were on the road um, and then we were on the road to start the season. So it, it, this, I, I really like the way that that was laid out. So it's like nice and spaced out. So if it does go well, um, it's going to be super fun and drawn out. And the, the media will, of course, latch on to that. And it'll be possibly even crazier than it was last year. Uh, as far as games that I'm excited for, I already, I already have my plans set to go to UCF. Um, I have a ton of friends out there because uh, I used to I used to work there. So I used to work in uh, a little east of Orlando. So I got some people out there that I got to go see. I got it's going to be a bit of a rivalry game with me and a lot of my former coworkers at where I used to work. <laughs> so just from a personal standpoint, I'm really excited to go to the bounce house and tailgate out there and uh, and have some fun. What what is this shaking your head, Jay? I okay. I live in Atlanta for our listeners. I could drive to this game in Orlando, but because of fall weddings, I have a wedding scheduled when we are at UCF. So this is me. This is me going on the record. A friend from a friend from Penn state. I'm just saying I'm going to get married during football games. (laughs) Yeah. Spring. It is spring. It is spring. Okay. Yeah. I negotiated that no fall wedding, unlike some people, Chase. I'm just saying that it is unbelievable that the and I'm like, okay, the only weekend that UCF cannot be scheduled 
is that weekend. And sure enough, that's, that's what happened. So I agree, Strayus. I love where, you know, we're basically home away, home away. Felt like at the last, the last season we were like home for a long stretch, gone for a long stretch. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just, I had to go on the record and say, <laughs> if you schedule a fall wedding and I honest to God have not decided if I'm going to go to the wedding, it's a really good friend of mine. And I already told him I was free that weekend and he'll see my, my social media if I go to this game. But it, I mean, I don't know. Are we going to be good friends forever? Maybe not. So maybe I should just go to the game. So uh, let me know on Twitter. What you friends are temporary. The buffs are forever. The buffs are forever. forever. Also, oh, I, I feel like the God. Big 12 screwed us with the at UCF game in September. Give us that in November, October, right? You know? Dude, the weather there that time of year is awful. Oh, my goodness. Ah, the winter weather there is amazing. Don't get me wrong. I love going there in the wintertime but god even that time of year that's like still hurricane season so it's not unheard of for that type of thing to happen i hope so, a hurricane happens and it reschedules the game to our bye week in october that's that's what i'm officially hoping for Strayus, unfortunately that's uh would it be no i guess it'd be oh the, wait the bye week in october or november i guess it's, wow that's that, that's a bit of an unusual deal that i'm not used to seeing because that would be see if that did happen that would be some rough travel you know, home and then all the way back to Florida and then back to like, it's, Lubbock. It's not about the it's not about the team. It's about my personal convenience. So <laughs> that's why I'm I'm cheering for this. Uh but uh I don't know. Jake Topher, who wants to go next on the the most exciting? I can go next. Uh, um, go for it, Jake. Uh, so I'm gonna answer two answers. My first pick is obvious. It's at Nebraska. I'm going to try to figure out a way to make it out there. My father-in-law has season tickets. He's had season tickets for years. Um, big time Huskers fans. My All of my in-laws are big time Husker fans. So that How does that never I've... come up on the pod? That's I know, crazy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we've, yeah, we've never talked about that extensively. Right, exactly. So that's what I'm most look, looking forward to just personally. And then if I get a second pick, I'm circling the K-State game. You you know, you reignite that Big 12 rivalry and I think there's a really good chance we're 5 and 1 or 6 and 0 oh, and we're again going to be forefront in the national media and it's not going to turn out like that Oregon game turned out. It's going to be a, a dogfight. Um and it's at home. That that one's going to be a fun one. So that's the one that I'm circling that I'm looking forward to. And real quick before Tof goes one thing that is going to be really funny if CU does start out six and zero, the narrative is going to be oh what a weak schedule. I can guarantee that. Last year it was oh see they're frauds they they get their they got cooked by Oregon blah 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 and then of course you know the, the rest of the season panned out the way that it did. Can, but this can they year say they that start... though, it's not a weak schedule. North Dakota State solid, Nebraska solid. Well, we'll see about Nebraska. That's that's fair. I think North Dakota State is one of those no-win situations. That's what we were talking yeah, about. It's terrible yeah. scheduling. Like, if you win, you were supposed to win. If you lose, you look yeah. bad because it's FCS, but it's a quality team. North Dakota State would be a quality FBS team if they made the jump. And that I mean, they could, honestly, at some point. Yeah, um, they probably same will. Same exact story for CSU. I mean, they play us hard. They play us like the best team in the Mountain West. And CSU is not going to be worse, I don't think, because that freshman quarterback looked pretty good last year. He had a uh, what's his name, Braden Fowler, Nicolisi. He's pretty good. He's a pretty good quarterback. Um, if we yeah, they're going to be CSU, up for you. I will delete Tory Horton. Tory Horton's coming back. <laughs> Tory Horton's coming back. He decided not to go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's but yeah, th- I still think that the narrative it's not going to be like it was last year. At least last year you started off with a ranked team, which turned out to be not so good in the end but that was the tcu game is what made cu so much money last year so we should be really thankful for that we don't have a tcu like game on the schedule unless nebraska the hype builds up like insane levels before the start of the season based on what people see in spring practice and then fall practice so that'll be a funny funny uh narrative shift if that if that's how it pans out all right tofer it's you uh, I think, uh, the, the game that I am most excited for is at CSU, um, cause I'm going to that game and I'm excited to go attend the only sellout CSU will ever have in their stadium and see it black and gold. Oh, it'd be amazing. I, oh, it's not gonna, it, that's how it's going to be. CSU fans do not exist. So they show up to one game though. 
Boy, they sure seem to exist on Twitter too. But <laughs> so it's over. It's possible because you're gonna go. You're gonna go to Nebraska most likely. Yeah. And you're thinking about going to the the Kansas game at Arrowhead. So you might end up going to like ten CU football games next season. So you're gonna do what yeah. I did. Uh, I'm gonna try because I I have people that are in Kansas, so I can make that one. Lincoln, my dad's kind of like, yeah, I'll cover it. We're going to that game. So. You yeah, gotta go to, you gotta go yeah, to you Tucson. That's close. You know, you gotta do them all. Funny enough, Maybe. I may be I may be in in, in Tucson already for a <laughs> fall weddings. Ah, but I'm yeah. Ironically, I may maybe be down there right at that time. So, or it could be the week after, and I would have to come back twice. Ooh. Um. All right. Before we before we transition to basketball, I do have to make a quick comment that turns out. Sreyas, I, I I don't want to start this whole whole debate again because my wife, our number one fan, um, has indicated that we wait we talked about it way too much. But in the Super Bowl, it was interesting that uh, you know they elected to go first in kind of a similar situation as college football. So maybe maybe Coach Prime is actually coaching at an NFL level, and you really are supposed to go first. Stop. And over time, I don't know. Stop. I see how I don't know. I'm just saying. That was I'm just saying. Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan had no idea. One of the best coaches. He he lost the game because of that decision. There were clips of the 49ers players being like, did you know if we score a touchdown, they get the ball back? Yeah. (laughs) The other thing is um, Kansas City already said that if San Francisco had scored a touchdown, they were going to go for two. So you give away your advantage when you go first in that new format. Um, so that's a, that's an interesting take on, I don't know if you're being sarcastic, but uh... I, I'm 100% being sarcastic, but <laughs> I gotta, I gotta stand by my boy. Uh, but before I let Sreya start uh, foaming at the mouth over that, uh, it, it, I think it's time to talk about the gutsy win and coaching excellence from Tad Boyle <laughs> in that, in that double overtime must have, you know, USC I'm not the only win. one fuming about that. that All the listeners <laughs> USC win and who comes through coach Tad Boyle. Uh, I know uh, it's, it's going to be interesting because if you take one look at, at buffs, Twitter, I feel like I must be the only person on earth who is team keep Tad. And I will explain it in a minute. Uh, sorry, as you can go and then we'll let Jake give his, uh, his like, entire notebook about how he hates Tad Boyle. All right. This is, there's documented history of me during the game early in the second half in our group chat, like going on a rant about how it was time to, to like, how, like what is the future of C basketball going to look like? Cause it's super bleak right now with Tad. We were getting blown out by one of the worst teams in the Pac-12 this year. By the way, a team that is way more disappointing than CU, that I have to point out. USC was super hyped because they got Isaiah Collier, five-star, coming in. They had a bunch of returning guys. They had uh, uh, Bronny James, Bronny James coming in with all that hype. That was one of the more full like arenas I'd seen at the Galen Center for a game. Because despite the fact that they're terrible, there are probably a ton of season ticket holders because of the hype that was coming into the season. So that notwithstanding, turns out that team is not good. They almost did this to us in Boulder. And that was a game where I was watching that in real time too, being like, oh my God, this is it. This is it. This is the end. Like this is <laughs> like this is it. Because we're gonna go to the Big 12 next year and just things are gonna go our schedule's gonna be insane. We lost uh, Dorian. I can't remember how to pronounce his last name, but we lost one of our top recruits for next season. Oh my goodness. The, the wheels are coming off the bus. This is so bad. But that said, when you're down to a 1.4% chance to win against anyone on the road. And by the way, Ohio state beat Purdue today. Ohio, like a terrible Ohio state. Cause like college football, it is hard to win on the road. So we got to acknowledge that, right? Ohio state's terrible and they just beat Purdue. And I think but, they just fired their head coach too, right? They Ohio did. State, yeah. it, was, it was, it was with an interim coach, right? So things were so bad there. And, but then they beat Purdue. That's how tough it is to win the road. So when you're down to a 1.4% chance to win, your back is against the wall. Like if you lose that game, it is over. Now you're fighting for an NIT berth. Because if you blow the rest of the season in that situation, you might not even get in the NIT. 
So that is that was what they were facing. KJ Simpson went crazy. They took Eddie Lampkin out and they let Luke O'Brien play. And we, we we'll, we'll get more into details on that when, when we go around the horn. But those changes, those adjustments, maybe it was a little too late that that happened. Maybe this could have been done earlier in the season. That really gave CU an opportunity to salvage what was left of a very, very disappointing season. So what does the future hold for CU basketball? I don't know. Um, I It is un- unequivocally a disappointing season. They have to f- figure out some sort of way to not finish in last place in the Big 12 le- next year. And I don't know if that's it's if that's going to happen, but you know what? They're alive this year. So I'll wait until, you know, some other time to even, you know, if I have any magical thoughts of how to save CU basketball, I'll let you know. But for now, I'll just at least enjoy that victory because I don't know what the future is going to look like for basketball. You want me to go chase? You just think this is going to be a big tirade, huh? (laughs) If we recorded this right after that game or actually when they were down 20, I would have been more heated, but I, I've had some time to mellow out, you know. <laughs> you just look at Jake's Twitter feed. It Check my like Twitter feed. The Twitter <laughs> feed was bad. It was, it was rough. It was, uh, he's yeah. caught in 4K. He's all like, I, basically, like, I hope the bus lose so that we can I, I don't regret anything. I, I, I have to assume I, I, I have to assume Jake was logged out of the, full, the, the podcast account because otherwise those would have come straight out of the main account. But Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, there's, there's, yeah, it's good. I stay away from our, our account during basketball season, <laughs> but I don't even know where to begin guys. I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I was happy to see him pull it out. I was, even though I was negative on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> All right. I believe you. happy to, happy oh, to see him pull right. it out. Seeing you in person now and, and talking this face to face. I believe you, but I did not believe you yesterday at all. <laughs> but man, oh man. Do I not like Tad Boyle as our head basketball coach? I am sorry. He's an awful coach. Every single game. And this is not just the USC game. This is 10 years plus of evidence of him being a bad coach. Look at, okay, just for the USC game. Look at when we had 0.3 seconds to shoot a shot. And we think we could catch the ball, come down, then do a regular jump shot. That's coaching. That is blatant error in Tad. Tad Boyle. He got it off. That's number one. Number two, this season, no one cares except for KJ Simpson and um, Luke O'Brien. Those are the only two guys that care. Then they're the only two guys that want to be out there. You can kind of tell that the, this this team doesn't care. And slight tangent, one thing that really bothers me about that is this is the season that we were supposed to be so great. And Cody Williams is having an awful experience at CU. The team doesn't care. The team's not winning. He's going to do great things in the NBA. And I don't know if he's going to come back and invest at CU. I hope so. Maybe he does. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but I just wish Cody Williams had a great one-year stint at CU. He's going to be a top-five pick. And if you take a look back at our first basketball podcast, what did we all predict? All of us predicted that this team would make it to the round of 32 at least. I was saying I wanted them to make a sweet 16 or I'd be upset. This is Tad's Boyle's best team on paper at the beginning of the season. Tristan De Silva was, you know, a contender to be all Pac-12. KJ Simpson was going to be all all Pac-12. Cody Williams was going to be all freshman Pac-12 for sure, and was going to fight maybe for all Pac-12. Who knows? Um, this team had so much talent. Even Eddie Lampkin was a solid player that filled the hole, and I know we'll get into his struggles here in a bit. But there was such high expectations, and they're going to make the NIT. They probably won't even be a first in the NIT. It's just so frustrating. And just watching basketball, Tad Boyle is such a bad offensive coach. Defensively, great. They they rebound and they play good defensive ball generally. Generally, I'd say. That's the irony of the season, right? Offensively, Defense though? This has kind of let us down this year. Yeah, true, true. But offensively, man, just watching how they move the ball. They just move around the perimeter. There's not a lot of movement. There's a lot of one-on-one ball. Javon Hadley loves to to post up on guys and, and throw up prayers. Eddie Lampkin, you know, either makes a shot or turns it over. And it's just a lot of one-on-one basketball and not enough ball movement. Look at the Arizona game. I know, Sirius, you and I were at that game. That's a good basketball team who moves the ball. 
it's just night and day different. And every CU team has been like this. They don't know how to move the ball. There's just no movement on offense and it drives me nuts. Yeah, actually, Jake, during the during the game, um, I think the one of the few tweets that that I sent off from the account during that game was, wow, I can't believe that it's this close at halftime because it doesn't feel like it. It feels like we were getting smoked. And I think your criticism about the ball movement is pretty. It's if you watch, if you watch the way they play, I mean, today I was just watching um, a bit of that Florida Atlantic USF game and Florida Atlantic lost, right? Florida Atlantic was very disappointing loss for them. And it's going to most likely prevent them from winning their conference, at least the regular season this year. But in the final 10 minutes of a game, it's just crazy how much their ball, like how much they move the ball. And yeah, so it didn't, it didn't work out in the end, but they almost pulled off a 25 point comeback. And it wasn't just one guy, even though uh, they had a uh, John L Davis just cranking up threes every now and again, but there's still so much ball movement and yeah, we don't, we don't really get that here. And it, it just, it, it can be painful, even though ironically, like I was just saying, I actually think the defense has let us down this year. Because there have been there have been plenty of times where I thought that we probably scored enough, but then the other team just starts hitting threes, and there's nothing we can do. Like in that Cal game, oh my god! If you want to look at a moment where the season started to go fall apart, it'd be the Cal game, and that was defense for sure. Yeah, I also think turnovers are killing us too. I saw a graph of quadrants for turnovers, turnovers forced, and also given up, and we were in the lower quadrant of that. Um, but that is also Tad Boyle basketball. He, all of his yeah. teams have been bad at turnovers, and it drives yeah. me crazy. Sorry, Chase. What were you going to say? I uh, so I, I have a different different take, and this is this is more of a, a holistic view. Uh, th- there's no question. This team has been incredibly incredibly disappointing. I mean, we we all, I mean, wow how how excited were we about this team? And and it was a little bit overshadowed by football this year. But I mean, if you're if you're a, a true CU fan, you are really 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 excited about about this basketball team. So. Um, you know, the good news is the women have, have picked up some of the slack. They've, they've been um, a lot of fun this year, but as far as, as far as this men's team goes, my, my reason for saying we need to, because after this season, if we, if the PAC 12 still existed, I'd be like, you know what, it might be time, you know, Tad's done a lot of great stuff for this program. No, no question, but maybe it's time, time to go in a different direction. I think you have to 100% keep Tad for your transition to the big 12, because what you cannot do when you transition into the big 12, which is far and away, far and away going to be the best basketball conference in, in college basketball next year. It will not be close. The sec will be really good. It will not be close. Like the big 12 will be called college basketball runs through the big 12 starting next year, probably forever. Right. And yeah, I just don't think you can, you can't just, you can't do a, a coaching turnover. I know we lost that recruit, but I mean, Tad, Tad can recruit and Tad can get guys to Boulder. Tad has developed, you know, you'll never catch Jake dead saying this, but Tad has developed way more NBA talent no, he than hasn't. Colorado has ever. But he doesn't develop them. He's, he doesn't he's, yes, he does. He's he put does way more guys them. into the league yeah. than Colorado has ever put into the league. And it's, it's not like totally random happenstance, right? It's not like, yeah. you know, the water changed or something in Boulder, right? He develops guys. There's no question about it. Cody's going to be a top pick. Uh, Tristan should be maybe a French pick KJ might be pit, you know, like we're, we, we might have, I and mean, that's why it's so disappointing this year, right? Is we have three potential first he round draft develop picks guys on this. Team. He so, always has top so Jake, five draft picks and he doesn't do anything with them. You're conflating wow. things, right? You're conflating whether those players end up playing well for him at CU and okay. dominate versus end up having successful okay. pro careers. Okay. Sure. Right? I could see that. I mean, so, but Jabari but Walker a good, is a good example. Good. Kind of took him a while to get, a handle in the NBA. Jabari Walker went went too soon. Like everyone knew that. Like Jabari yeah, Walker he, should he not should have, have gone to the league that year. One more year. He needed yeah. one Actually, more year. Actually, uh, I went to the the Nuggets, uh, one of the Nuggets Trailblazers games earlier. This honestly, Jabari Walker, like when he started cranking up shots, that's when the Nuggets took over the game. <laughs> so I was like, ooh, ah. Uh. Yeah, um, uh, like, I just want to. Chauncey, Chauncey struggles in Portland are a whole other story, but yeah, yeah, maybe I, but, maybe Chauncey can't develop player. I mean, but just really quick, I just want to just you know, I just don't think you can have a transition year going into the Big Twelve because what's going to happen is you're going to go back to exactly what you were like in the Big Twelve before we left, which was but, absolute bottom feeder, horrible garbage. That's what we were in the Big Twelve. Let's not make any mistake about oh, it. Oh, I agree. We were, sure, we my freshman absolute, year, they were one. In- 
one in 15 in conference. There's no doubt. Tad yeah. Boyle, before Tad Boyle, CU sucked. And I, so hundred percent. I, I just, my concern is that if you go in in a big transition year and you cut all the, all, you know, cut everything and try all to start the progress. Fresh, I, just I think that logic's hiring. opposite though. And Sreyas brought up this point, maybe in our group chat, but he brought up the point of if you, if we think they're going to be last in the big 12, shouldn't we move on from Tad now? And I think we will be in the bottom quarter of the big 12 with or without no Tad chance. Boyle next no year. No chance. Look at the roster. No it's chance. awful. You lose KJ, you you lose TDS, you lose Cody. We're going to be in the bottom fourth. Easy, easy. Yeah, Sebastian Rancic is not single-handedly going to make this team compete in a league where pretty much every team thinks they can make the tournament. I'm and, sorry. like, I don't want to bash the other guys. Like, Bangkok, Dak, you know, there's a lot of great potential there. Jope, I think, you know, there's really good potential there. But we're just losing so much talent. I don't think we're going we're gonna to be the bottom fourth of the Big 12. I really do. So... Jake is that's Jake. We're we're aligned on that. It's like if you really do think that you're gonna finish in last place either way. Well, here's the key though. It's this is this is to Rick George. Rick George, please take basketball seriously, right? I, there's been a notable drop off in the amount of community support over the last ten years between the Mike Bone era and and Rick George. And Frankly, sometimes it feels like the AD doesn't emphasize basketball like they used to, to try to get people to games and try to get people excited and, and bring up the hype. What are some examples of that, Sreyas? Because I was thinking about that more, and I feel like he gets more hate. But I know like Mike, Mike Bone would ship people out to the Pac-12 tournament for free, that, like that's, students. That's that one right great there. example. What else, though? I, I mean, that's, that's a huge example. Yeah. Because that made – I mean, that – created a whole new subset of of C fans when I was in school. So that was my totally. senior year when we uh when we uh, played UNLV in, in Albuquerque and just took over that whole stadium. Like the pit was just CU. It was Coors Events Center South that that for both the UNLV game and the Baylor game where we lost. It was just unbelievable. Um and then the loyalty part of it where if you were like amongst the top 50 uh, most best attendance you'd get to go to the game for free. They would bust you down. You get your hotel and all that. It was just unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. But then I think, and, and maybe we perceived this a little bit too, Jake, when we were at the game, a lot of the C unit stuff that was even there before we got there, like the original C unit stuff, 2004, it's just not there. It, it just, it, it feels like something is yeah. lost. Like no one was doing, no one was putting up their C's there's no great like coordination on the free throw distractions, which we used to take a ton of pride in. I mean, yeah. the band, the band tries to do their part and the band has kind of retained some of those traditions, but it doesn't feel like there's leadership or coordination. And that is sad because it the is. whole ethos of C unit and why it was started in the first place, again, before our time was people only wanted to go to football games. And so they were like, well, we should show some love to basketball and we should try to get people to basketball games and have some fun and do some weird things like buff chips. And it was all student led and they pushed the envelope, right? Like buff chips. (laughs) Yeah, they did. Pretty racy, questionable. (laughs) One of the most absurd buff chips that I remember. So this was, I think my sophomore. Can you you explain what buff chips are really quick, Sreyas, for those listening that might not know? Yeah, so basically the buff chips, they would basically have a, a roster for the other team and there would be very important informational say about each of those players that you could use as fodder when you're cheering, like when you're, you know, trying to razz them and say some terrible thing, but like maybe the most absurd example that sticks in my head. And this isn't necessarily the type of thing that you always want to do, but when you're pushing the envelope back in 2000. 10 2009 2010 range um cu's playing kansas and kansas had a point guard at that point named brady morningstar who had gotten in trouble with the law right there was there was some legal legal trouble that he's dealing with you guys can look it up i probably shouldn't you know go into detail but like he was in trouble and there were some chants that were done by the student section like when he was shooting free throws that were directly referencing what he was getting facing legally <laughs> and Sure, like you can say it's classless or whatever, but at least it's a sign that people are like the students are engaged 
and they're involved. And I get, yeah, as an AD, you can't promote that type of behavior, blah, blah, blah. But the passion is what you want. And I feel you like- You don't have to from... stonewall it. You don't have to promote it, but you don't have to stonewall it. And I think that's yeah. always been something the athletic department struggles to straddle that line, I think. And so how this ties in to the coaching situation is Rick George has always been able to just say, well, Tad, Tad wants to be here forever. They're at least NIT level year in, year out, other than a couple of years. They make it to the, so they would have made it five times if it wasn't for the COVID shutdown. It would have been five. So, but it's only four officially, but it would have been five. And that's more. And then they've had more 21 seasons under Tad than they come like then the entire history of the program combined before that. Right. So it was easy. It was easy for, for Rick George to be like, all right, whatever. We're going to get our seventh at six to 8,000 fans per game. And I don't have to pay any t- attention or, or anything to this situation. It's self-contained. They can kind of do their thing. But when you go to the Big 12 and now you're looking at a situation where you have a major talent deficit, you have an experience deficit coming into next year. Now it's like, who's the right person to like stimulate this? It's it's like a full program-wide investment that needs to be, right? And I, I'm I'm definitely worried about the future of this team from that standpoint. I don't know. It's, can you get a, a Dusty May? Probably not um, from FAU. That guy's an amazing coach. Could you get someone like that? Probably not. But that would be uh, – that, that's where I struggle with it. It's like there needs to be more – I like, know. Systemic. All right, hold on. Hold on. I, 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 pose I, the I don't like that argument. I pose the question, I, I who know. do we hire? And I have I the answer. I have the answer. And people might not like it. But Does the it... hire you make if you fire Tad is Nico Medved. Nico Medved. There's no, there's no question who the hire is. That is like the easiest brain dead hire you can make, right? Well, you can pay him triple what he's making. He can go into the Big 12. You can get him, right? That's the guy, in my opinion. He's developed great teams with absolute dog water talent at Colorado State, which is the exact reason we hired Tad. And let's be clear, the Tad hire worked. It just, I mean, maybe he's lost his fastball. This team's really disappointing, but- if you if you fire him, that's the guy. That's the answer. I'm a little wary of Nico just because he got they got a bunch of like Division two and Division three All Americans and got them all to transfer to CSU at the same time. They're a super old, experienced team this year, and they're really good. But I am a little afraid that next year, if if he stays at CSU, they might get exposed because of all those players. I'm just saying. Anyways, I mean, he's, he's he's had what three? It'll be four 21 team or 21 teams out of the six years he's been at Colorado State, and you know, he's made the tournament with Colorado state. That's a good, that, you know, I, I, I don't really cheer against Colorado state when we're not playing them, but I mean, he's a good coach and he does more with less. And that's what he's going to have to do. If he comes to Colorado in the big 12, that's what you have to do at Colorado in the big 12, because I mean, you have Goliath in Kansas and you have, I mean, BYU is putting out the best team of white basketball players I've ever seen in my entire life. You know, <laughs> like, the big 12 is, is deep and you're going to have to do more with less. You're not going to be able to recruit at that level. Topher, say something. We need you. Say something. Uh, all I say is based on the game last night, Tad can coach. Tad, Tad can coach. I think there no. is an, no. there is no. a uh, misunderstanding between like on paper, this team should be the most talent, but like you said, it feels like the guy doesn't. The guys don't care. Um, and so for what are you high? Maybe I don't think he can maybe, coach. <laughs> maybe he. Maybe it is. The, it's on the players for not caring, and maybe it's on the coaches for not getting them to care. But last night, you saw clearly Tad drawing up the right actions for KJ to come down the baseline. You have the best, your best player with the ball in his hand going to his right hand and have a roll as a dump down to send it to double overtime. You have the call to switch the high screen. Um, Cause you know, they need the, the three and USC didn't think of a counter after that action. And they had to chuck up a contested three at the end. These are tiny adjustments um, that made all the difference down the road. Um, and like Trey has said, when you're down to 1.4% chance of winning, it's on coaching to get you, get you that win, right? You need players to play, but it, it, it's gotta be scheme. It's gotta be getting them on the same page. And Tad showed that at a very high level last night. Um, and I think he's shown that, repeatedly throughout his coaching tenure um, and back to the developing talent, Derek white is an all-star Derek white is an all-star now. And it's because of his background in defense. He was at CU for a year. 
Yeah, but that year, going from where he was playing big-time Division One basketball and having that exposure with coaching uh, from Tad Boyle has made him into the defensive savant that he is today. Uh, and and you got USC mind- is the second worst team in the Pac-12. And we Sorry, won. Chase, go listen, for it. We won. Listen, we listen, won. We swept them. Listen, <laughs> we I, this them. is my first year. This is what I'm coming off of my first year coaching high school basketball. And there were teams that we beat by 20 that ended up beating us the second time we played them. It does not matter if they are the best team or the worst team. When it comes to basketball, it's who shows up night in and night out. Anybody Jake, can beat anybody. Five years ago, if I had told you that Tad Boyle would beat a player named LeBron James, you would have been so excited. You would not have understood the context, but you would have been excited. And I just want to say, right, Colorado, I mean, we definitely are on the outside now looking in. There's no question, right? But there's a, you know, we're, we're projected, I think, first or second four out. But some of those teams ahead of us, one of them is Utah, right? And we have a chance to beat Utah at home. We have Cal, who we, we should have beat the first time. If we lose to Cal, the season's over, and we should not accept an NIT bid, period. But you have Utah, you have Cal, and you have Stanford. Those should be, should be three games that Colorado's the better team in and can win. And I do wonder, you know, the, the back was against the wall at halftime against USC, right? And I know the guys don't care, but maybe this team can fight when they are when the back's against the wall and they got to, they got to prove it now. Cause if they can win, you know, three games here and make a little bit of a run in the PAC 12 tournament, I mean, this team's not out yet. This team can still make the dance. And uh, if they get hot and if, if Cody gets hot and he's playing well, and if, you know, if Tristan decides to wake up and if, you know, KJ is, is, is hitting <laughs> if, shots, this team Tristan can catch the goddamn ball. I mean, this team can beat a lot of really good teams. Right. And so, I don't know. Like I think we're we're holding a funeral a little bit too early, and I I, I held a funeral years ago. <laughs> call me crazy. I mean, I I think oh, we, we can win well out, aware, and Jay. if we win out, if we win out, and we pick up one or two tournament games, this team should be. Now, obviously, we have to end at Oregon, at Oregon State. Those those are not easy wins. But if we win out and pick up one or two tournament games, we're in. Period. We don't have to win the Pac-12 right now. Now, if we lose, I, these, I think it might still be tough with that. I don't know. I I, I think I was going to because ask you, this group. I think you tough. want. I think you want Cody Williams in, in March Madness, right? Like if if you're advertising, you know, yeah. I know that's not supposed to be factored into it, but like he's you know, he's going to be probably number one, number two in the draft, right? If he if he ever decides that he wants to show off, maybe a little bit. But well, I'll get off my I, off my soapbox. But I, I don't I, think this team's dead yet. I have to rebuttal your. If, if CU beat LeBron James quote, and if, if I would have told you at the beginning of the season that CU was um, not even the first four out, but the next four out, you all would have said, man, we got to move on from Tad. You all would have said it. Well, I think but we did. Really quick, I think we did. Yeah. Really quick. Do we think they have a shot to make the tournament if they don't win the Pac-12 tournament? So just yeah. to recap for the listener, they have Utah at home. That's their next game. And Cal at home, Stanford at home, at Oregon, at Oregon State, then you go into the tournament. What do you guys think? Do you guys think they still have a shot? And how many games do they need to win in the Pac-12 tournament for that shot? Yeah, I think they have to win out um, for sure. Like, they have to beat Oregon. That's huge. That's the only game left that has any – you know, uh, that we can hold any, uh, any weight to. Utah at home is also not a – would be a nice win. Utah – Utah is falling apart. I mean, they're losing right now, and they're if they lose this game to UCLA right now, they're going to fall to six and nine in conference. And it's weird because they we kinda, actually we have to cheer against them, but also we want to cheer. That's the problem with college basketball is like you don't know how to how to yeah. cheer right because they're ahead of us, but we need that quality win. So I don't know. I hate to say it, but the only way that I see that CU has a guaranteed path to the tournament is if they beat win out the rest of their games, including beating Oregon, and they probably have to beat Washington State or Arizona in the Pac-12 tournament. That's the only way. It's just so tough right now. Yeah. Like, Because the Pac-12 is so bad. And I know people might have the thought, like, well, it's still a Power 5, blah, blah, blah. I've, I've seen it firsthand. I've seen it firsthand where the Pac-12 was almost a one-bid conference. In 2012, Washington – won the conference regular season, and they didn't make the tournament. CU stole their bid when they won the Pac-12 tournament, four four wins in four days, and then Cal got in as one of the last four in and lost in the play-in game. 
it can happen. And in fact, I don't even think that was the only time I'm the conference tournament, like the uh, team that won the conference regular season didn't make it. I think Washington did it again. Lorenzo Romar and Mike Hopkins have been just, you know, that that's your measuring stick for disappointment, honestly, for the last 10 years for them. Because that's exactly what happened. They've had a ton of talent and then they would maybe even win the conference regular season, but then the conference would be weak and they wouldn't make it. So it's a tough road ahead. I am, but the team is talented enough. If they, if they just somehow found a rotation that works, then maybe we should talk about that at some point too, after we're done going around about what rotations might work. They can, they can beat anyone, but will they? We'll see. I hope so. Right, who's next? Come on. Don't just look I mean, dead. I, I don't have anything else to add. I think he nailed it right on the head. Yeah. Sirius. I agree with you. I think they need to do exactly that to make the tournament. All right. Now let me ask around. Um, what what rotation would you like to see going forward? I or what would we and, not like to see too? <laughs> or what would you not like to see? So I'll, I'll say where I have concerns. Um, Eddie Lampkin, we've talked about this. I've gone back and forth on Eddie Lampkin. I love his passion. Me Don't too. get me wrong. I love his passion. I love his size. Uh, that adds like a very important element. And I think that against teams that have kind of like the bigger power forwards or bigger centers, which isn't as common in college basketball um, in general, right? It's you can you can get away with having more wings and guards in college basketball, but gets a team with like some big dudes, like Utah. For example, Brandon Carlson, seven footer. Um, you you might need Eddie like on defense, but he scares me so much with the ball in his hand. If he's handling the ball, if he has to dribble the ball more than three times, it it just looks like a turnover is going to happen. Even though he he can be a skilled passer, but he just scares me like when he has the ball, and that's just that's not the type of person you want to you run your offense through. So that's one thing. And then the other thing that I'll point out, which is a huge disappointment, is I don't think you can have Tristan Da Silva as your primary scorer. I hate to nope. say it, but not man, even a little bit. He has he has been brutal in the clutch. Brutal. And yesterday he hit a three-pointer in overtime, which one three that was huge. That was a huge make, and I'm not gonna downplay that. But me, there's been there have been so many times this year. There's the Utah game, the Cal game, where he's like the Carlton meme. You know the Carlton meme where he's like taking the three point shot and it's in slow motion, and he's like, yeah, and then it just doesn't even come close to going into the basket. Like I've had that. <laughs> oh, I've had that with Tristan, and I'm not the only one that's pointed that out. I, I was on. I was on Twitter yesterday. I saw Ted say the same thing. He's like, Tristan, you know, Tristan Da Silva, make a clutch three for once challenge, you know? And he then he did, which was awesome. But God, there's been so many times. And if if we want to blame Tad for the season, I think that's fair. But I think one of Tristan kind of regressing, and the key to him regressing is as the primary option where he, everyone knows like he has to be the guy and he's supposed to be an all-conference performer. He has his struggles this year have been the difference in multiple games, like the ASU game too. Well, ASU game was he hurt? He may not have been. He may not have played in that game. And I don't know how much his injury, his ankle injury, is still played a part in his struggles. But I, I, I think the offense kind of has to run through KJ. It has to. Has to. And and then you 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 need to find maybe ways to get uh, Tristan open, but don't let him just crank up wild shots where he's creating for himself. And then you probably got to let Luke O'Brien play smaller lineup over Eddie Lampkin, because I wish they had plus minus stats, but when they were after that, um, Bronny James layup where USC was up what 16. Um, they brought Luke O'Brien pretty much played the rest of the game. I don't think Eddie came back out and we saw what happened. Um, it sucks to, to learn these things so late in the season. I want to throw a stat out there real quick. Uh, Eddie Lampkin is averaging 2.7 turnovers per game, which 
when I first saw the statistic seems lower than I expected, but then you remember that he's in fact, not a point guard. And then you realize like he should never really be passing the ball. So those turnovers are all just loose. I mean, just stupid. Like they're, they're bad. And, and 2.7, you know, one out of 10 times he gets that cool Nikola Jokic pass. He has it in him. He does. (laughs) He definitely, but the problem is his turnovers aren't even usually on passes. They're usually just like getting stripped, just losing the ball. He's dribbling the ball. And I think we should, we should make a point. We are, we are a pro Eddie Lampkin podcast i think love eddie you know his so, passion like, is great so i think he cares i think he cared like he you know he was um I, I remember him being animated and frustrated after that csu loss and that was you know you, you do like to see that but man ugh, every time i see him bring the ball up the court which he does sometimes i just my heart sinks I'm like god dude oh it just doesn't look right it just flat yep. out doesn't look right. He's not doesn't it, it doesn't look like he's in control. And we need to find a way to use him more in that sense. Maybe it's treating him more like you would have uh, lost in Lovering. Not that Lost in Lovering's playing well right now either um, in Utah, but maybe treat him more as like a defensive specialist and a rebounder and don't yeah se- don't seven boards a game offense throw. So you know uh, it, it, it's it you don't want to lose that. And I understand why Tad is hesitant to move in a different direction because as far as size goes and like in, in position on the other team, you really don't have a Luke O'Brien's not, not fighting for rebounds, you know, like he well, he, he's a very good rebounder. Luke O'Brien is a very good rebounder, but he's a little undersized. That's the key. Yeah. Uh, th- 3.8 rebounds per game versus seven. So I, I but it's in how many minutes is he 22 minutes? Luke O'Brien, yeah. 22 minutes. I mean, yeah. And the height four difference four. and the size difference. I'm not saying, no, yeah. you know, I'm just saying they, they play approximately the same number of minutes on average. And, you know, yeah, I, I just understand why Tad, you need those rebounds, right? Because in a lot of games we get killed because we give up offensive rebound after offensive rebound. And, uh, you know, uh, you just can't. I, I, so I get it. And I, I want to point out one other stat that I thought was kind of interesting. Cody Williams almost shooting 50% from three, which is uh, pretty impressive. 47.1%. Get him uh, the ball more. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he had seven, I mean, Cody's he been turning seven. over the ball quite a bit. Yep, I was yeah. just about to say that. he had seven yesterday. Yeah, so. um, I just wanted to add, Sreyas, I, I think I agree with everything you said. I think that was well summed up. I just wanted to, to, to write a little love letter to KJ Simpson. He is one of my favorite buffs of all time. He has that Mamba mentality in him. You saw it during the USC game because he's from LA. I think he's from LA, right, guys? And, yeah, he is. Uh, that sounds right. Saw yeah. it during the Arizona game because they recruited him hard. I think did he commit to Arizona and then decommit yeah. him to us? Yeah. I, I think he actually signed. And he's then just like John Miller dude, got fired. Okay, he's just built different. He has that mob mentality. McKinley Wright had it too. Those are the only two guys in my recent memory that had that mentality. Like I don't think Derek White had it, or even Spencer Dinwiddie. I wouldn't say quite had it as much as those two did. He had some of that, but man, do I love KJ? He's just putting it all out there. I just you know had who, to add that. You know who had it, Jake? A ski of Booker. <laughs> Mama mentality. He definitely did, but sometimes you wish he had a little bit less of it. Yeah, I want to give well, a mention yeah. George King as well, who thought he had. I was about it, to say, really wanted it's to have it. Be George and had it, no, there's, had there's, it one there's time. a difference though. The Mama one mentality game. is one like game. you want to beat these guys to a pulp. George King didn't have that. He had kind of more of the the shooter mentality, maybe like the Booker, Steph Curry mentality. I'm telling you, a skier Booker definitely did. But you're sometimes you're like, dude, stop you're shooting like 37. <laughs> yeah. percent You're shooting like 37 percent from the field, not even from three. Yeah, <laughs> like, I remember those days, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was easy. Now, now this is like reminiscing. It's like it was easier to blame just a skier Booker for some of the stuff that happened back then it's like he's just jacking up shots blah 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 but yeah you know to your point maybe some of it is scheme um maybe maybe some of it is scheme just like allowing that type of player to have those types of games i don't know man so overall i'm really just fingers crossed uh I, I hope we can find a miraculous way to get into the tournament and win some games in the tournament. It would be so nice. But as far as the future is concerned, one thing is for sure that I definitely said, AD needs to commit 
more time and energy to basketball. Prime is almost going about to be self-sufficient, right? He doesn't need that much extra support. He is prime. Prime is prime. And that is an amazing thing, right? You can always and, use the more money though in helping with that. You can always use, yeah, but, mon- money's fine, but I'm just saying, you, yeah, you can't, you just can't forget about basketball. Uh, if it, well, unless you just, unless you want to allow basketball to become more abundant, which is, it's a choice. That is a choice, right? Obviously basketball is not going to make you as much money, but the overall bigger picture is, yeah, you, you need way more support for basketball. You can't just be like, Tad Boyle, go win me 20 games and go to an NIT. There needs to be some support there. And is Tad Boyle going to be the answer when we're in the toughest conference? Ooh, I, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't cut think the he thing. is. There's the answer. Then cut the cord um, now, man. <laughs> and and if, if we're going to come in last – but the problem is, I would say cut the cord, but we – Rick George, like, who are you going to hire? I really need to know that. We can't have a situation like with Gary Barnett. Everyone's like, Gary Barnett, he's terrible. They just lost 70 to three to Texas. We could do so much better. And then they got the best available coach and Dan Hawkins, and the rest is history. We can't let <laughs> so that. I, turn I, wish, I wish this podcast existed because I guarantee you we all would have been so excited about Dan Hawkins back then. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't say that I was know. a bad hire. At the time, that was a brilliant hire. And it that's going to be Nico Medved for this basketball team. <laughs> oh, every, no. every time we lose a game under Nico Medved, I am oh, going no. to call Jake on the phone and remind <laughs> him that we could have had Tad Boyle. Oh, I, I just, and, and, and really quickly, I want to point out that we're kind of in a unique situation. We, you know, the, the AD department is swimming in cash right now, right? We paid off the, they already paid off the buyouts for all the football buyouts, which was crazy. They didn't think they were going to be able to do that. Not only with Carl Durrell, but they had some residual from Mike McIntyre, apparently, which is crazy. You have the money, you can fire him, you can move on, right? And if you want to attack the Big 12, you can do that. But just know that you're getting Nico Medved. You're not getting, you're not getting you know, Bay, right? Alex English. Uh, well, Al- wait, wait, Kim English. Kim not English. Al- that's Kim a nugget. Nuggets yeah, great. I was like, Alex yes. English. Kim English, <laughs> thank you. George Alex, Car- bring us Alex George Carl, English, baby. Al- oh my God, yeah. George Carl. <laughs> Could you imagine George Carl with Prime? What do you guys oh think my, my take was on George Carl? <laughs> oh my God. Well, I just want to point out, by the way. I'm sure you hated George Carl. <laughs> why why not? Why not Alex English? Why not Alex English? Um, you know, <laughs> you He's not doing anything. Just, he likes Denver. Who just watched the Northern Colorado program become the worst FCS program ever by hiring a celebrity who won a Super Bowl once as our head coach. It's true. It, it's important. You really can't just hire anyone off the street. There's been it's been shown time and time again that you just can't do it. And when you do, so Prime is not anyone off the street, right? So I, I know there could be some 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 people could draw some parallels there. But he he established himself not JSU, only with success, yeah, not just success at JSU, but with recruiting, he brought Travis Hunter to JSU, you know? So, you know, that, that that's not an anyone off the street type of deal, like anyone with a profile off the deal. I really do believe that, you know, as, as scared as I am about that schedule, um, just, that's more just PTSD. That's more just CU being a Buffs fan, you know, uh, PTSD. Like, he's we're going to do great, and he's going to do great at CU as long as he's here. But you can't oh my just God, bring it's, any it's gonna old hurt random... so bad. It's gonna hurt so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I just oh my God. <laughs> uh, we're so beaten down, man. Because every so time, down. every time, our, our podcast just... is so different than I all think... the other podcasts. Are... You, you ever think about twenty sixteen? <laughs> and you were like, twenty sixteen, we've turned the corner. We're gonna be so legit this year. And then twenty seventeen happened. And then twenty eighteen. Oh happened. gosh. Anyway, you can go further back, right? You know the, the Bill Self. Years. Bill Self is gonna be the next CU basketball coach. Yeah. That's yeah. we need to shoot as big as you possibly can. He's totally gonna come here, guys. Yeah, yeah. write the check. And uh yeah, <laughs> Alan Fieldhouse, why would I want to stay there? I'll I'll go to the keg. Yeah. Uh all right. Well, we we kind of ran longer than we expected to. We know we haven't been posting as frequently um, you know, as as we kind of wanted to in the off season. So we'll try to get episodes every once in a while out there. Um, we won't really be on a regular schedule during this off season, but um, and one other quick shout out to uh, studentsections.com. If you if you see the SCO hats, we're going to post some videos on Twitter as well. Um, they really are cool. Just give them a look. Um, we really appreciate them sponsoring us. Uh, I do get last word in this episode. So I will say that this podcast is officially a pro Tad Boyle podcast. 
And with that, we will go ahead and uh, close out. Please give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Um, we're going to try to post more, more video more frequently. Um, and if you have any thoughts about, uh, you know, Tad or anything like that, we'll probably run a Twitter poll or something along those lines. Um, you know, what do you think? Obviously, this is before the last few games of the season. So if we end up losing out, you know, I, I will retract everything I've said. But thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, Skill Buffs. Skill Buffs. Skill Buffs. Skill Buffs. Skill buffs.